Hi, and welcome to Zap Girl and the podcast. The podcast about all things life living, life saving, and life giving. I am really excited to bring this episode to you today. It is episode number five, and it's actually a two-part series. Well, I'm calling it that anyway. Have you ever felt like your circumstances, your daily life, the whatever you're battling is just overwhelming and you don't know how you're going to be able to get around it? My guest today is Kaisa Lindberg, and she is the president of the Swedish Diabetes Association, and she lives in Stockholm, Sweden. Kaisa has taken negative experiences and turned them into positive experiences by changing her perspective, and she's sharing some really amazing advice on how you can do that too. I am truly grateful you've decided to tune in today, and I hope this episode brings you a fresh look on how it's possible to change your perspective in spite of your circumstances. Enjoy. Zap girl, I felt a blast girl. Zap girl, oh it was fast girl. Zap girl, and in a flash girl. Zap girl, I was back girl. Zap girl, you shocked my whole wide world with a zap girl. Welcome to the show, Kaisa Lindbergh. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Carrie. This is great. I'm so excited that you were able to fit this into your schedule. You are a very busy woman. You live in Sweden and are the president of the Swedish Diabetes Association, an advisory board member for the NCD Alliance, and are an active global health advocate, a volunteer, a Bakken Invitation honoree, a world traveler and a fabulous photographer. And how do you keep up with it all? That's cute. Thank you, Carrie. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, no, it, there's always something, right? I think you, um, you're the same, right? There's a, there always has to be something. And um, I once heard, um, I once heard a um, saying that was like, those who can do and those who can do more volunteer. And I always thought that was pretty good. Like that's, that's sort of how I feel. Like there's always something going on, but I enjoy it. I love that thing. I and I'm right there with you 100%. It it's something to be able to give back. Yeah, absolutely. This is part of the foundation of of what we do and also how we met through the Bakken invitation that you know, we we've both been given an extra life um thanks to, you know, modern medicine and and modern technology and I know I want to make the best of that life. I want to make the best of the days that I've been given. So yeah, and giving back is is a huge part of that. You and I both live with implanted medical devices. And uh, well, if you're listening for the first time, I live with an implanted cardioverter defibrillator, ICD for short. And Kaisa, you live with an insulin pump because of type 1 diabetes. How old were you when this journey started? I was diagnosed with type 1 when I was 13. I just turned 13 a couple of weeks before um, and was diagnosed. This was almost exactly 17 years ago, so in 2002. Um, and I, um, I was actually, for the first four years, I, I was on MDI, as it's called, medical daily injections, um, and just took shots, insulin shots, basically. After a while, I wanted to try the the insulin pump and see how that was because I was told that it 
was better at sort of simulating the body's own um, insulin secretion. That must have been so hard to do that as a child. I mean, really, you were still a child at 13, having to do daily injections. Well, yes and no. I mean, it it certainly wasn't fun. Um, And I'm not going to say that you get used to it. But at the same time, I think I feel and I know a lot of people with me uh, feel that you know, the injections, that, that's a small part of living with diabetes. That's not, for most of us, that's not the worst part. Um, the worst part, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Carrie, is, is actually just the ongoing, just the ongoing process of always, you know, having to think about it and, and sort of the emotional and the um, psychological aspects of, of living with a, a chronic disease. But, of course, it wasn't fun. Obviously, I was 13 and I wanted to be like everyone else. Um, but for me, it's never been the worst part. So looking at a daily living picture, what would be that worst part for you personally? For me, obviously throughout 17 years, it's gone up and down and, you know, and and the way I relate to my diabetes changes, but for me, just the, the, the toughest part is that you can never get away from it. Um, you can never have a day off from diabetes. It's always there in the back of your mind. There's never a day that I don't think about diabetes and never an hour that I don't think about diabetes because um, there are so many things that affect my blood sugar um, that I need to consider. So that's that's just the hardest part that you, you can never you never get a break. And it, it, it does wear you out a little bit. It does wear you down. And you, I think you have to, irrespective of what, of what disease or condition you're living with, obviously, but you have to sort of build a, a mental strength or you know, just a way of relating to it that, that doesn't wear you down every day, I guess. Personally speaking, I, with my um, cardiac history, I, I don't have to go through what you go through every day. You mentioned that there is not an hour that goes by that you don't think about your diabetes. With me, with my heart conditions, I feel really lucky because I'm not on any medication anymore. In November will be eight years I'm medication-free. And so I, I try to think about you and what life looks like for you. And I think personally, the people that live with it, like yourself, you guys are warriors in every sense of the word because of the fact that you are on constant monitoring your life is dependent on this insulin and hopefully one day we will see a cure for this so that you can uh, eliminate that stress from your life. So that takes me to my next question. How do you deal with the stress? What is a stress reliever for you day to day? I think just just to respond to, to what you're saying as well, I I think everyone has their own thing. I don't think you can necessarily compare um, suffering, so to speak. I mean, everyone has their own thing. And, and depending on who you are and where you are in life, like you're going to be affected in different ways by things. And I don't think necessarily that you have it easier than I do. Uh, It's just a different experience. And you have different worries, maybe uh, different worries than I do. Um, That's, that's my philosophy. Uh, And then of course, it's important for me as well to have perspective on on my disease and to to realize that it could be worse but i i think everyone has their own battles i really do um and as far as a stress reliever i think whenever when i whenever i get too caught up in in sort of my train of thought or 
um, the nitty gritty details of, of my disease or diseases, um, anything that sort of breaks that, that, that reaction, anything that sort of breaks that, that chain of thought is good for me, whether that's seeing a friend or, you know, watching a show on Netflix or, um, listening to some music, anything that sort of just takes me out of my, um, my state of mind is, is good for me. I think after 17 years, obviously I know my body pretty well, but there are still moments where I can't really figure out what went wrong. Something happened and I can't, I can't, I can't figure out what happened. And I think I've learned to sort of accept that as well. I can't know everything and I can't um, control everything. And I think that's, a, that's been important for me to realize as well, that at some point I just have to let go and, and say, all right, today wasn't a good day. Um, I'll start over tomorrow uh, and do my best. I think I'd go crazy if I didn't. I think that's perfect advice for every day, whether you have a a diagnosis of type 1 diabetes, whether you broke your ankle, whether your kid threw up on you before heading out to school. (laughs) You know, that's such great advice, Kaisa. I think that's so important to embrace that and really just to stop and and breathe. And And like what you said, let go. And I, I'm holding on to that. And I think that's, it's not, I'm not trying to diminish, you know, what, what people go through and to say that it's just as easy as changing your train of thought. But, but I think it's something that you can sort of train yourself to do and, and to realize as well that, you know, I am also in charge of, you know, at least part of what I think and feel and do like that's, that's something that I can also change. Um, I think that's for me, that's been empowering as well. And, and like you say, it doesn't have to do with any of my diseases. It can just be that I have a bad day. And I, uh, at some point I need to realize that like, all right, it is what it is, but it's also up to me to sort of, you know, decide how I react to this and how I behave. Beautifully said. That, and that also, you mentioned diseases. So we've only talked about type one diabetes. There's more I I know you've battled cancer. Yeah. Can you share with us about that? What happened? Yeah, I was diagnosed um, three and a half years ago with uh, brain cancer. Um, I had, it was a pretty quick process, actually. Um, I got pretty sick within like a month or so, a few weeks. And it's actually thanks to my diabetes that I realized that that something was wrong. I had a lot of symptoms that could be explained by other things. Like I had a headache, I was tired, I was a bit nauseous, things like that. And and those I kind of pushed aside and just said, well, I've just, I'm overworked and I'm tired and I might have a cold. Um, but then my blood sugar started acting up and that's when I knew this is, I mean, this isn't normal. This isn't what my blood sugar normally would do. Um, yeah. And then it turned out I had uh, a brain tumor. Um, I can't imagine. Sorry. You're a strong woman. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So are you still living with the brain cancer? What is life like now? That was three years ago. Yeah. So it was a, um, very rare tumor. There was no, um, there was no data or no uh, nothing written on it. Um, and it was a very aggressive tumor. So they treated it. I had surgery, chemo, and radiation uh, within about eight months. Um, so the only part that's left of the tumor is just a little residue, which is more or less like a scar. 
And as long as that stays inactive, then then I'm good. And that's obviously what they're monitoring with my oncologist to, to make sure that it doesn't start living again, so to speak. So that part is actually, I wouldn't say it's over, but but the majority of it is over. Now it's more monitoring. Um, but I think a lot a lot of what I struggle with now is obviously the the psychological part of having gone through this and the worry of of relapse, but um, I've also, because of the location of my tumor, it was on the pituitary gland. Um, I now also have another six chronic diseases that I have to medicate for and that, that do affect me quite a bit in my, in my day-to-day life. And they also affect, unfortunately, they also affect my diabetes quite a lot. Um, so that's been actually, that's been a bit of a struggle, to be honest. I at first thought that they were going to go away when my tumor went away. I thought I was going to, you know, go back to normal. Um, and it, I didn't obviously because they're chronic diseases and that's just been a bit at times hard to accept. Obviously day to day is fine, but it's, it's a lot to handle sometimes I have to say. I wouldn't know it just to, to see you, but you know, what we see on the outside is so different than what is going on on the inside, but knowing that you choose every day to get up, to empower yourself, to let go of whatever you're experiencing and you choose to put one foot in front of the other and you choose to, whether or not you know it, inspire other people. Because I know that there's someone listening to this today that is going to hear what you go through and it could potentially change their perspective on what they are going through. And that is a powerful thing. And you said that you have basically empowered yourself. And now what you're doing is empowering other people. Because I can't, again, I can't imagine what you go through, what you're living with. That's very sweet, Carrie. Wow. That's a lot, girlfriend. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's that's both of our goals, right? If, if we in any way can help someone, and as cliched as it sounds, just one person, I think um, it'll be worth it, right? And And for me... I talk about this a lot, but I need to do something with my experiences. They can't be just these negative experiences that are just going to be in my life. I need to somehow turn them around. I need to do something positive with them and trying to help someone, uh, trying to help others and trying to, you know, either support them and what they're going through or, or try to make sure, you know, they don't go through this is, um, is a big motivation to me. And I think, I mean, it is what you say. It's, it's, you know, putting one foot in front of the other. And that's definitely true. There are days where that's much easier, where you feel like you're running almost. And then there are days where you feel like your your feet are made of lead, where it's really tough. But but again, like it's it's up to you. You're the one who's in control of of what you do and how you handle yourself. Not, not completely, obviously, because there are things that, that are really tough to manage, but I think it's, I think it's important. And someone asked me, or people have asked me, several people have asked me, like when I was sick with cancer, how, how was I able to be so positive? Because there was just something inside of me that I don't, I don't know what it was, but I just, I wasn't that sad, to be honest, in the beginning, I was pretty positive. And I think, and you'll recognize this, I think when you're in a a traumatic situation, or in a very stressful situation, your brain or your body is just going to choose the the option, the way of acting that it's most used to. And if you're normally a positive person, if you normally handle things with a bit of humor, and that's what your body and your brain is going to do also in this stressful situation. So it's, that's also why I'm talking about making these choices, because in your everyday day-to-day life, that's when you have to make those choices. That's when you have to sort of train your brain. And someone said it once, they said, you need to train in peacetime. 
you need to train your your mind when things when you're not in a traumatic situation when you're not in a super stressful situation because then you'll get stronger and you'll be able to handle things more easily so that's sort of something that i that i think a lot about you know while you're you're talking about the stressful situations the type 1 diabetes the cancer and and you know training in peace times that's that's such great advice it's because you're preparing yourself whether or not you know it for those moments where things just could go sideways and you have no control and and that takes me to when we met in Hawaii in January last year we shared some really amazing experiences while we were there and you had mentioned it was because of the Bakken invitation i wanted to ask you how you became a Bakken invitation honorary award recipient yeah, so the Bakken Invitation is, is a program started by Earl Bakken. And his idea, and we mentioned this before, but his idea is that, you know, with medical technology, a lot of people get, you know, a second chance at life. They get what he calls an extra life. And the idea of the program is to honor people that have used their extra life to give back to others. And it, it could be in the way that we're doing it to help others going through the same thing, uh, struggling with the same disease, for example, same condition. But it could also be anything. It could be helping the environment or helping children in school, but to somehow give back to community and, and to use your extra life for something good. Um, and I was very lucky to be one of the uh, 2016 Bakken honorees. And uh, through that, um, I was able to meet, obviously, all the other honorees, and which is, and I'm sure you agree with me, hugely inspiring. But also, we had the honor to meet Mr. Bakken himself, um, who sadly passed away last year. And uh, both you and I have met him, and that's, that's been a huge honor, because he has changed so many people's lives and saved lives um, through his work, including yours and mine. So that, that was an honor, really an honor. It was one of my, I think, the highlights of my life. I will say mm. that. Yeah. I agree. So while we're there in Hawaii, in experiencing all of the energetic flow, the desire to just get up out of your seat and run and go change the world, it took a turn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it took a little sideways turn mm. that I, um, I think just needs to be shared. I know, I know, a cliffhanger, but I promise to tell you the rest of the story in the next episode. But the takeaway so far we're getting from our conversation, Kaisa is incredible. Training your brain in peacetime, training your mind when you're not in a stressful situation, because you'll get stronger and you'll be able to handle things more easily. That to me was just such great advice and I just had to share it with you again. She empowers herself to change her perspective and you can empower yourself to change your perspective. Be sure to check out the show notes. I will have a link to where you can see pictures of us from Hawaii. And also you can check out a video about Kaisa and all of the amazing work that she has done. It was featuring her in the Bakken Invitation promotional video, along with a link to her Instagram page. Be sure to check out the next episode to see what happens. Thanks. Girl.